I'm Nikki Wilson. I am a Miss Grand Australia finalist, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Good evening, everyone. It's Adrian from The Pageant Project. My special guest for today is Nikki Wilson, who is a Miss Grand Australia National finalist. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. How are you? Nikki has been rushing around today, um, took an interstate flight and got into her hotel room how long ago? Uh, five minutes ago. I was at check-in and I knew I had 10 minutes to get up to my room beforehand, so we made it just on time. The things we do to jump on our live interview. Um, so you're over in Adelaide at the moment. You hail from Melbourne, which for um, our overseas viewers is from the state of Victoria. Um, what, are, what are you doing in Adelaide on sightseeing? I don't think so. I've been to Adelaide. I love Adelaide, but there's a reason it's called the city of churches. Um, what, are, what are you doing in Adelaide? This is actually my first time here. Um, I'm here for work, so I fly home again tomorrow night. So my company is merging another company that's based in Adelaide. So I'm just here doing some training tomorrow, then flying back home. It's a quick trip. Wow. It's, do you normally live your life at this breakneck pace? Sometimes. I think so. I love to jam pack everything in. So mm -hmm. if I'm not busy, it feels weird. <laughs> and what happens when it gets too much? Do you just catastrophically crash for like a week and you can't do anything <laughs> pretty much I think that's why I'm still sick I think I, I got a bit burnt out and then had yeah. to stay in bed for a week and now I'm still recovering but we'll get there oh, you're soldiering on um Nikki why don't we start with the easy question and tell everyone how you got into the crazy world of pageantry to begin with I am still kind of a newbie in the pageant world. I started in 2021, right after lockdown. And anyone that was in Melbourne knows that it was pretty mm. bad. We yeah. couldn't leave our house. Um, so I wanted something new and exciting. And then I saw pageants and I was like, you know, what, why don't I'll just enter. And my first one was actually um, the Miss Global and Miss Intercontinental pageant. And I had no idea what to expect. I got in like a month before. I purchased my evening gown two days before and then flew up. And I just remember thinking this is a lot more than I thought it was going to be and having to wear heels for a week straight. Now I'm used to it. But that first time doing it, I was like, it's crazy. I don't know how these women are doing it. Insane. But I fell in love with it. I grew so much and my confidence has grown so much from pageantry. So this is my second time doing Miss Grand, um, but my fourth pageant in the last two years. Right. So can you tell people how you've grown through your pageant journey? I mean, apart from wearing heels for mm -hmm. a week, which um, from the sounds of it, it's not something that you were used to. Some girls are, some girls aren't. You probably don't need to do it in your everyday work going yeah. around in heels, but um, obviously something got you hooked. So what exactly was it that kept you in pageantry? Um, I've always been very, I guess, driven and motivated and wanting to do something impactful. And from that 
pageant in particular, something that's always stuck with me was actually in my interview. And the last, I was talking about how, you know, I wanted to create a podcast and I wanted to do all these things to change the world basically. And there's all these passion areas that I had. Mm. And then um, Hannah, the Miss Intercontinental at the time said, well, what are you doing right now? And then my the time ran out, so I never got to answer. But that question just stuck with me so much, even today. And I was like, you know, I've always thought that I had to have a reason or like a, a push to do something when I don't. There's nothing stopping me from going and doing all of that right now. Um, and besides that moment, it was just meeting the other women and some of my closest friends now are from pageantry. And I think you just learn to... You learn more about your purpose and your why from meeting other like-minded women because we are all there not just to get on stage in pretty dresses and wear makeup but because we do want to have a bigger purpose in life and we have our passions and it's just really inspiring to be around other people that are like that. So which part of the pageant um, coming up, are you most looking forward to? I mean, I should mention for the audience who isn't familiar, Miss Grand Australia, this is the first time it's under the new directorship, but it's now under the directorship, directorship of our current queen, Amber Sydney, who I know very well. And um, you're probably thankful for this, Nikki. It's going to be held in Melbourne versus Sydney. I'm not so happy about that, but you you probably are. You don't need to fly again um, and try and barge through the door with five minutes to go. But um, what what component of uh, Miss Grand Australia coming up are you most looking forward to? Um, I'm excited to see some of my friends that competed last year as well. They're some of my closest friends now, so I'm excited for that. But I actually love interview. Um, because that's when you get to talk about your passions and what you've done. And um, when you're preparing for interview, I feel like I personally start discovering more about myself and I start discovering more ways that I can work on the purpose and my platform and, you know, what I want to do in life. So that's what I love the most. Was it always that way? I mean, because you sort of mentioned, you mentioned that you had to, you built your confidence a lot through pageantry. Mm -hmm. So even at the very early, like the very first time, was interview the thing you most looked forward to or was it the thing that you dreaded the most? Um, I think I was always really shy growing up and had pretty bad anxiety. So I think probably getting on stage was more scary than the interview at my first pageant. I didn't mm -hmm. mind it so much because it felt more like a job interview, which I'd done before. But yeah. I definitely feel like from doing pageant interviews and getting feedback and practising, I'm better at normal interviews now as well and public speaking I've actually I love public speaking now which is crazy like two years ago if you'd said oh you get on this stage and talk I don't absolutely not like I can't I would have been shaking but now I love it so yeah okay uh, most of the girls I interview well not most I don't know the exact percentages but a lot of them have done modeling so they're very mm. comfortable being on stage right or they're mm. gymnasts or dancers and they love being on stage and being the center of attention. That's where they come to life. Now, I am more of a normal person where the thought of getting on stage to walk petrifies me, particularly if you're quite tall and you don't want to fall flat on your face. So I'm getting the fact that you're, you're more like me in terms of the stage is sort of not your natural like place to be. How did you, how did you find it walking on stage for the first time? It's weird that you say that because I've actually... I was a cheerleader, so I've always performed and I've always been doing dancing and singing. But I think because 
it was by myself in heels in and I didn't do any coaching on walking I didn't know how to pose nothing I was just going out there having a good time and you could tell um so I think I think it's just because it was something I hadn't done before it was a new experience it was still performing but it's different type of performing that that makes sense sense? it does I mean, I, I, I can't cheerlead, so um, I'll, 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 I'll take you. I'll take that from you. Um, how much, wa- how much work have you put into your walk? If you said that the first time you didn't really know what you were doing, you just went out and sort of had a great time. Um, you know, four pageants in, are we still doing the same thing? I got to imagine that uh, the walk has evolved and been worked on somewhat. Yes, it definitely has. Um, Miss Grand was the first time I got proper coaching last year. Um, other than that, I was just watching things on Instagram and YouTube and trying to mimic it. Um, but Peter actually lives in my head now, yelling hips, Nikki, every time I walk. <laughs> so it's definitely evolved from the first time that I stepped on the stage. I think I have more of a stage presence now and I'm not just walking normally. There is a a magic to it that you have to learn and practice every day. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be doing your everyday walk and just get to the end of the stage and then turn around yeah. and walk back. When you say Peter, I'm imagining this is Peter Serena. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I've I, I know Peter on like online and I've met him like at last year's event, but I've never really gotten a chance to speak to him. Him and I keep talking about doing an interview, um, but I'm curious to ask because you already obviously worked with him. What's he like to work with? I loved him. He's very direct and honest, which is what I like. I don't like it when people beat around the bush. Just tell me straight what I need to work on, what my issue is so that I can actually go and work on it. Um, Not everyone likes that kind of approach, but I guess also coming from cheerleading and having coaches just yell Mm. at me to get my life together. It's, you know, I'm used to that type of coaching. (laughs) When he was yelling at you, hips, Nikki, was it was that to say more hips? You weren't doing yeah, enough hips. Yeah. So you have to like it's like a like a wiggle. I don't know if this is demonstrating it right. <laughs> I think I think people understand like you gotta you gotta move your hips. I mean, I that's something I'm very much not good at. Yeah. You didn't you didn't I'm curious just because you said you'd done cheerleading, which is not dancing, but it's a form of dancing, obviously, where you have to be very fit and you have to be very in tune with what your body's doing. So that hip, the the wiggle, let's say, or the shimmy shake. That didn't come naturally to you? No. So cheerleading is very stiff and I was a flyer. So my main job is to just squeeze everything and smile and make it look like I'm not about to fall out of the air. Mm -hmm. So it's very different body movement. And when we have this thing called clean, so when you start a new stunt or position, you slap your arms next to you and you hold them tight and you cannot move them. And so when I started walk practice, I actually would do that because I was so used to like starting any new like body movement with the clean so that right. I had to train myself out of that. It was so weird. And unless you've you, done cheerleading, you, you probably, it's so hard to explain. You mean, when you say clean, you mean you kind of like clench everything together and become ultra stiff? Pretty much. Yeah. And so you have to glue your arms to your side. Yeah. So whenever you're moving places on the stage, your arms are by your side. You do not move them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That that sounds quite not what you'd probably want from a pageant walk. Um, no. The I, I've interviewed a few cheerleaders. Who are you cheerleading for? If I can ask, was it an NRL team? 
No. So I did competitive cheer. So I was at a gym called Southern Cross Cheerleading in Melbourne. Right. Um, and you're the type of person who, I don't know what the term for it is, but you, you said you got thrown in the air. That's the one that always I sort of feel. <laughs> I think that petrifies me the most, the thought of um, someone throwing me up in the air and then trusting them to catch me. I interviewed someone over in America, obviously where cheerleading is huge. Um, yeah. And she said, she was learning cheerleading and she lost count of the number of times she'd sort of been dropped on her face. Yeah. Um, did that happen to you? Cause I have to look, I mean, you guys make it look effortless, but I got to imagine in the beginning, it's not quite so effortless and maybe a little bit more painful. Yeah. I've had a few concussions. It's actually the number one sport <laughs> for concussions, just throwing that out there. So it is pretty dangerous, but I never had any really bad injuries, which is lucky. Still to this day, I still occasionally go in and um, stunt with people. But, yeah, I've been lucky. But I have seen girls dislocate their elbows, um, ACLs, yeah, everything. The pageantry is probably the safer option for yourself yeah. at this stage. Yeah. Okay, definitely. so we're, we're transitioning <laughs> into it. So I don't think I've heard of anyone getting a concussion from pageantry, but I guess it's always yeah. the first time. Um <laughs> Now tell uh, tell the audience a little bit more in terms of because you've spoken multiple times, for example, during the interview, um, bringing up your passions, bringing up your platform, and what you advocate for. Uh, obviously, Miss Grand Australia. Well, not obviously. I should tell people Miss Grand Australia has partnered with Destiny Rescue, which um, is combating the primarily child and women um, sex slave trade in Southeast Asia. It's a very uncomfortable subject to talk about. I understand that. But in terms of your advocacies and your passions and what's closest to your heart, basically what you're going to speak about during the interview, um, who is Nikki Wilson off of the stage and out of work? So I have three main passion areas that I try to work with. Um, so the newest one, I'm actually starting with one of the girls that I met last year at Miss Grant. So that is about domestic violence. And we're starting because it's we want to start our own non-for-profit, but it's expensive mm -hmm. and it's a lot mm -hmm. of work. And she's a lawyer, so it's we don't have a lot of spare time between us. Yeah. So we're starting with a website just to create awareness um, and education about it and then move on hopefully to a non-for-profit where Instead of funds, we're donating things that um, people who have experienced domestic violence actually ask for, actually require. But for me, from like personal experience within my family, I think the biggest thing is just having somewhere where you can find the resources and find information and all of the help and support that is out there for you to be able to go to um, in one spot. Otherwise, it's it's really hard when you're trying to get out of that situation to be able to actually go, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how I can get help. Um, and, you know, financially, emotionally, having support groups. So that's mm. what we want to do with it eventually. Hopefully it gets, we've only just launched it or starting to launch it now. Um, the second one is mental health. Um, again, personal experience, I lost my uncle to suicide a few years ago. So that is something that is close to my heart, but I feel like there is already so many incredible charities out there. I would rather partner with a charity and help spread the awareness of it than start creating my own. Um, so I do know a few people that I've started talking to about it. So that's also in the works. 
And then I also have my own sustainable denim company. So I studied, studied environmental geography in uni, never used my degree, but I started this business last year, more of a passion project and, again, focusing on the education of sustainable fashion and showing there is alternative ways and that we don't need to buy new pieces all the time. We can learn how to reuse the pieces that we have and it's also made from recycled plastics and made in Australia as well. So there's a lot going on. I'm very busy. <laughs> and then on at some point you find time to work. Environmental geography, you said you studied that. What? What is, I know what environment yeah. means and what geography is, but I haven't heard of environmental geography before. What is that the study of? It was a weird degree. So they don't do it anymore. It was at Melbourne Uni. I was the last right. intake. <laughs> okay. So there's, there's reason for that. Um, basically, I learned about pretty much everything to do with the environment. So I had topics on climate change. I learned how to do something called GIS mapping, which is mapping for um, like natural disasters and things like that. So I could create a map. Um, but then what I was most passionate about was the subjects where we spoke about the human connection with nature and how we've really lost that and we don't see ourselves as part of nature anymore. We see ourselves as separate and mm -hmm. that's what's causing a lot of the issues. Um, and there's this term biophilia, which is about, you know, our innate need to connect with nature and be a part of nature. And there's all these studies about how when we're in nature, our mood increases, our mm. overall health improves, and there's, you know, hospitals that have actually tested this and put gardens in the middle of their hospital and their patients have improved a lot quicker. So that was what I was, I was really passionate about. But it was a weird degree. There was a lot. And then I minored in creative writing just to make it even quirkier. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like an interesting degree. I, I had a similar thing with my degree in school, uh, in, in university. They stopped it the year after I finished it because it didn't go so well. We were kind of like the guinea pig, um, the guinea pig mm -hmm. year. Um, but I don't think, like so hearing you talk about um, people having lost their connection connection with nature, I, I've spoken about this to other people before. And the example I always quote is Jamie Oliver, the, the chef over in the UK. He had this series, I can't remember which one it was, but he took vegetables. I think he took a carrot and a potato into a UK small classroom and he holds them up and he asks kids what they are and it's a carrot and a potato it's not some out there vegetable right and none of the kids could actually name what a carrot was or what a potato was and I think a lot of the children also didn't know where a steak comes from or a sausage comes from and the fact that it comes from an animal so I'm just curious I don't know if you came across it in your studies Nikki but we get told a lot of the time what we should do to help with the environment, reduce single-use plastics, et cetera. Mm. I'm just curious from your point of view, are we kind of are those kind of advocacies as good as they are? Are we missing a bit of a step? Because if we don't make people actually reconnect with the environment first, then they're very unlikely to do all that stuff. And whereas if we help people reconnect with nature, maybe people will kind of do that stuff anyway, like they won't just throw their trash out. Was that something that you covered during your degree? Yeah, it was definitely a focus for a lot of the subjects. Um, but I think it's it comes down to people 
being able to get the education they need, but also the actual connection of going into nature and feeling mm. it, if that makes sense. Um, it's hard. It's hard to get people to do it. And we live in cities now, so many of us, we can't really go out, you know, and see a tree, which is crazy. But there is some really good initiatives out there. I know in Melbourne, you can actually email a tree. And so you email the tree and you're like, hi, tree, how are you going? I saw your roots look a bit rotted. And then the tree will respond to you and be like, hey, thanks for checking in. I've let someone know they're going to come and check on my roots for me. And so it's kind of integrating the connection with nature, but through technology in the city, which is like a really cool way to do it because it feels like, you know, you're connecting with this tree and, Mm. but it's still, you know, in the city, a new way of thinking of it. Yeah. It, I mean, that that's kind of cool because it kind of integrates the way the world is moving with that need to keep us connected to nature. I mean, my favorite way I I'm blessed. I live in a fairly leafy suburb, so I can look outside. Um, I can see the bush gum trees every afternoon, you know, sunset, we got cockatoos coming down, squawking, um got two cats so that's always you know nature can't ignore them if I do then I I definitely hear about it what's your favorite way to connect to nature are you close to somewhere I mean like a beach or the bush I I'm actually from like rural areas to begin with but now I live in St Kilda which is on the beach so it's not the nicest beach but it is a beach And I have a dog, so I take him down to the beach and he runs around. Um, And I definitely feel like my day is better if I start my day by going for that walk on the beach and being Mm. near water. Um, And I also have three birds as well. It was an accident um, to the zoo at my house. So that helps. Accident? Yeah. (laughs) It turns out if you get a male bird and a female bird, they They make baby birds? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you didn't cover this one in your university degree. So you got a mummy bird and a daddy bird and a baby bird? I did. So I had five and then I left my bathroom window open. So the dad and one of the babies took off and never came back. So now I've got three. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So sounds like you've, you might have might be learning a lot about how to how to handle birds. <laughs> Um, you yeah. should talk to Brittany. Brittany has has her yeah, bird at home. I've been to her home, and and that's a really bossy bird. It's funny birds have birds have a lot more personality than I thought they I did. Do. Yeah, her birds yeah. are male, and it gets very possessive over her. So when I was talking to Brittany, she was warning me, "Just be careful, because he might not like you speaking to me." And I I felt like I was dealing with a jealous boyfriend who was going to beat me over the head. It's, have you noticed any strange behaviors? I don't know if your birds are anything like what she has. I think she has quite a large one, but are, are your birds like that? Do they have any sort of strange behaviors that other people wouldn't be aware of? Yeah. So I've got conyers. So they're like a baby parrot, right. but they have a lot of personality. So Charlotte loves being on camera. So when I was doing Miss Earth, it was virtual. And so Charlotte was always there and she would know, like, I swear she knows when I turn the camera on, she comes over. <laughs> um, and then her two kids, George and Ronaldo, are always fighting and they start kicking each other and they have arguments. It's like toddlers. It really is. And they pick on my dog. 
as well. Everyone always thinks the dog's going to eat them. I'm like, no, the birds go up and bite his bum and he just walks off. Sounds like yeah, it's good practice for having actual children. <laughs> it also explains yeah. why you flew to Adelaide to do this interview so you don't have birds in yeah, the background exactly. <laughs> interrupting <Exactly>. it. Um, <laughs> but tell me more about the uh, mirror denim, um, if I got that right. I mean, there were, with your degree, I imagine there were many different angles you could take it. Why did you take it down the denim route? I do know I interviewed a Miss Earth contestant over in the US. She was also working with denim in terms of getting it back from secondhand stores and things like that and trying to recycle it into other packaging and, um, and other products. And I think it was because people didn't know this, but how much landfill is filled up with by denim. Um, I'm just curious to know what got you started in terms of Mira Denim as a, as a brand, as a company, as a business, because it's obviously it takes some time to, to dedicate to that. Um, so I was in contact with someone who was already doing it, but it was being manufactured offshore. So I kind of took it over from them, um, brought it into Melbourne mm-hmm. and they did everything from scratch but also denim is one of those staples that we're always going to have in our wardrobe Um, and I wanted to create a piece that you could modify for your height or you could um, modify the waist as well because I know a lot of women have issues with that being too loose or um, too tight so I tried to incorporate that and then put on the website how you can alter it yourself and Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a good staple to start with. That makes sense. So are people able to go to a website and order this? Is it something that is made to order or how, how does it work? Send you a message? Yeah, so there's a website. It's mirrordenim.com. Um, I am out of size eights though and it's small batch, so I don't order in bulk. So I only get about 20 pieces in each size. So you can buy them, but sizes may be sold out. But you can alter them if you get a bigger size and the instructions are on the website. How easy is it to alter them? I, I, I only ask because I have a terrible time getting jeans that fit, so I'm curious. If it's your waist, you can literally just get a piece of elastic or string and you put it in the back and it um, pulls it together and you can't see from the outside that it's been altered. So that's mm-hmm. like a no sole approach. Um, if you want to get them taken up, there's a similar method. So if you want it frayed, you can just cut them, obviously, and then you fray them. That's on the yep. website too. Um, or you can hem them, which you do need to sew for. Right. What happens yeah. if my – this sounds a bit silly. What happens if my bum is too big? I, I have a I have big <laughs> thighs and a big bum, and any time I get something that fits my bum, the waist is too big. And then yeah. if I get it to fit my waist, I can't fit in them. I get stuck which actually happened to me once. It was very embarrassing. So do I get something that fits my bum and then take the waist in? Is that yeah. your professional opinion? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'll That's the easiest way to do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if I can do that. My, I mean, should I try that myself or should I take it to like a seamstress to do it? I have no sewing you skills. Can, I'll send you of. the instructions. You can try okay. it. I would actually love a yeah. pair of jeans that fit because, you know, <laughs> jeans, as you said, they're a staple but yeah. they just seem to never be made to fit people like me. And I don't think I have that outlandish a figure. Um, but I've actually to, spoken to a lot of girls, a lot of pageant girls yeah. who have the same problem as me. The hips are the, it's too tight around yeah. the hips. And if they get it to fit around the hips, then the waist is way too big. Is this something, yeah. I mean, you own a denim company now. So is this something that they just 
well, why did why is it like that? Why can't they make it to sort of fit normal people? I really don't know. But if you so I've just gone off like the standard Australian sizing. Okay. And that's just what it is, which is crazy because it doesn't fit a lot of people. But that's why I put the, you know, you can make it fit for you because everyone's different. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but there is a brand that's also made in Melbourne called Peachy Denim and they make denim specifically for that body shape. So the smaller waist and the bigger bum. Oh, I think they only do denim. women, okay. but okay. you could try. <laughs> Just what I need to go going and buying peachy peachy denim. I that's a, that's a clever name. Um, so we have Miss Grand coming up in what is it? I'm looking at my calendar. Is it a month from now? Maybe not yeah, even five weeks. Okay, so things are getting real now. They hadn't felt real before. How are you feeling this close to the big day? Obviously, you've competed in big pageants before, so. Is it any different this time coming into your fourth pageant? Um, I think I feel more prepared and I know what to expect um, because every pageant's different. So, mm. you know, from the Miss Australia to Miss Earth to Miss Grand, they were all completely different pageants. Um, obviously, this year will be a bit different because Amber's taken over, so mm. don't really know what to expect, but she was incredible leading up to her internationals. So if it's anything like that, I'm sure it's going to be incredible. Um, I'm just excited to see everyone. I think for me, I don't necessarily go into pageants with just, I want to win. It's more, I want to meet people and just have the experience. And I just really, it's just fun. It's just fun to get to hang out with everyone all week. You get to get dressed up, meet new people, experience new things, and then you get to go on stage and then it's over. And then you don't know what to do with yourself because you've been prepping for so long. (laughs) Well, I know the answer to that. The answer is you go and enter another pageant. That's a very easy answer. <laughs> chronic chronic pageant syndrome. Um, is there anything that you're excited? I mean, obviously, as you said, you've been prepping, you've been working hard. So even if this, your sights are not specifically or explicitly set on winning, is there any skill or any side of yourself that you're excited to show off at this year's pageant that you've been working really hard on? I actually think it's my walk <clears throat> because it's the first year that I'm going in knowing how to walk and been practicing. I even, Peter's going to hate me, but I actually got the pageant shoes, like the really thick ones. <laughs> so they're so comfortable and easy to walk in. And I kind of wish I got them sooner, but I didn't. And I know Peter hates them. So anytime I send him a video, I make sure I'm not wearing them. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't watch this. <laughs> I'll send it to him. Why, why does... <laughs> Why does Peter hate them? I, I know another, well, I know a director who has a particular hate for Chinese laundry and tippy tops. Is there any particular reason that Peter doesn't like these heels? They don't look good. And I'll, like, I'll be honest, they don't look good on the stage. Like they're not like pretty, if that makes sense. Um, okay. I don't think they're necessarily flattering on me, but I'm short. So at least this way I'll look normal height <laughs> next to everyone else and they're easier to walk in they don't look it but they are but yeah i think okay. he just doesn't like the way they look which i agree with so so what are you going to do if you're up on stage and you see peter sat right in the front <laughs> row i'm just going to whip them off go bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if he'd think that's better or worse. <laughs> Peter strikes me as someone who has very um, definite opinions. He knows what he likes and he knows what he doesn't yeah. like. What What was it like um, having walk coaching? Because I know a lot of girls, whether it's they come from modeling or otherwise, they don't actually have a walk coach to begin with. And then when they get mm. more invested in pageantry, they realize actually, even if I've done walking before, let's say for modeling, it's not the same. Um, I'm just curious from your perspective, what was it like? having walking coaching like how, th- how does a session begin does it start with walk for me pretty much yeah right. and then so you need to have your shoulders back so you start with like a broom or a pole behind your back like that okay, as you walk. Yeah. and then yeah you just learn I guess feet placement and then how to wiggle your hips and then you move into poses and then there's spins and there's different types of spins it's a lot more complicated than I would have ever thought and if you're watching it you wouldn't think it's that complicated either. But <clears throat> you have to be thinking about it as you're walking, just like any type of performance, I guess. How far do you think your walk has improved? If I take you back to the very first pageant where you sound like you weren't particularly happy with how your walk went, how how far have you come for your fourth pageant? I think I've come very, very far. I think my first pageant, I was literally backstage about to go on for evening gown and I was saying to the girls, how do I walk? I don't know how to walk. And they're like, you just walk. I'm like, well, that's not how I look. It's <laughs> like, not how I walk. Um, but I think in general, my posture has improved a lot. Like I was very slouchy, but now I'm like shoulders back all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always thinking about it. So I think even if you look at my Miss Earth videos compared to a, a walk that I did now, it's completely different. How, how much did you know about pageants when you first entered into it because if you're asking the girls how to walk right before you walk on stage I I kind of feel like it's a bit late to get the the 501 so to speak how 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 much did you know when you first entered nothing like I knew that I had to have an evening gown and a Australian themed costume and then there was a bikini component but that was off stage um but I I literally went in blind like I had no idea what to expect and definitely didn't think I would still be doing it two years later (laughs) what was the biggest what's been the biggest surprise for you then Nikki over the um over the last two years your pageant career I mean aside from the fact that you're still competing um what has been the biggest surprise for you from your time in pageantry um I think just how much work you actually need to put in to do well and the what you gain from doing it has been a lot more than I expected. Um, I I really went into the first one just thinking it's going to be a good time and I'm going to, you know, maybe meet some new people. And I feel like I've come out of it with a whole new life. Like I'm in a completely different place to where I was two years ago. And I don't think I would be if it wasn't for pageants. Do you have any expectations for yourself in, in four or five weeks' time? I mean, You've already said that you're not explicitly looking to win. Obviously, if you do, it's a bonus. But do you have any expectations as to how you want to perform or particular things you want to say in interview or things you want to nail on stage? Yeah, I have some little goals that I've set for myself, Mm -hmm. which is always good. Um, For interview, I just want to go in and not ramble. I think that's my biggest issue is I talk too much. and like, I need to explain everything, like the whole backstory. I'm like, no, you don't. Um, and then for the walk, 
I would really like to win, you know, best walk just in something. I don't mind if it's swimwear or evening wear, but I would just really prove to myself that I have actually done the hard work and I've actually achieved what I wanted to achieve from it because I've been walking every day in heels and I do my vacuuming in my heels and I go up and down my stairs in them and I keep doing the little wiggle. <laughs> so that would be that would be good to win something like that. Placement-wise, I really don't mind. Um, this year's really tough. There is a lot of really strong competitors. So honestly, whoever wins is going to be great. What is the strangest thing you've done in your heels? I mean, vacuuming in heels already sounds pretty weird to me, but is there anything weirder than you've done that you've done than vacuuming in your heels? <laughs> um, I do have to move my couch when I practice my walk. So I've got like, obviously this is a hotel room, but in my house upstairs is like a big open area. And so I have to like push my couch over to the other side. So I put my heels on first every time I do this. And I think I need to put my heels on after I move the couch but I still do it. So I don't, is that weirder than vacuuming? Probably not. So you're being like a removalist whilst mm. wearing heels. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, you know, we've got two men and two men in a van. You can be one woman in her heels <laughs> as a moving, as a moving, as a moving company. Um, if you were fortunate enough, as you pointed out, the competition is, is very tough. Um, but if you were fortunate enough to take out the crown in five weeks, is there any particular thing that you'd like to stand for? Like, like a young girl is watching and they see you up on stage. What would you like them to sort of see you as standing for or representing? I think I don't represent the typical beauty queen. Um, you know, I don't come from a well-off family, like everything I have now I've built on my own and it's literally just from me going, I want to do this, I'm going to go and do it and then doing it. And I would really love to teach people that, you know, you can do it if you actually put your mind to it and you put yourself out there and you just take the chance. Like you might fail and there's strong possibility that you will, but you're going to, you don't want to get, you know, older to 80 and be sitting in a nursing home and look back and be like, I wish I had just tried and gone and done mm. it because you just don't know where you're going to be. So going off that, how would you describe yourself in a few words? It sounds like, well, so we're not, we're not a typical pageant girl. It sounds like you've had a pretty tough upbringing. You had to do a lot yourself. So would we say tough, independent, resilience? What are we going with if you had to describe yourself or your best friends, the ones who know you the best, how would they describe you in a few words? I'm definitely independent, probably mm -hmm. too independent. Okay. <laughs> um, I like to think I'm pretty relaxed most of the time. Like until I did pageants, I was very much, you know, chuck some tinted moisturizer on, brush my hair and leave the house. Whereas now I put a bit more effort in. Not so much today because I was on a flight and, you know, had to run up here. But usually I look a bit nicer. Um, and dedicated. Like if there's something that I want to do, I'm, I'm going to go and do it. So do you have a five-year 10-year goal as to where you'd like to see yourself with or without pageants do you have those sort of long-term goals that you uh that you are aiming for I do have goals but I don't put time frames on them because okay. I feel like you never know what's going to happen in between now and then and I don't want to say to myself okay in a year I'm going to have achieved this and then get to that year and feel like I failed instead I want to have more short-term goals and go okay for modeling, I want to 
be on a billboard, you know, within the next whatever before I'm 80. <laughs> so I think it's just having those like short, maybe dreams is a better way to describe yeah. it. I'm not sure. But yeah. not so specific in five years, 10 years, I'm going to have all of this. You know, if you'd asked me when I was 18, I would have thought I'd be married with kids by now. And there's absolutely no chance that's happening anytime soon. So <laughs> okay. you just don't know. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you just one final question before we go to the final 10, because as, as you've mentioned, as I mentioned, you're from Melbourne, you're from Victoria. And Melbourne, I think, endured the most days during of lockdown out of any city in the world that that was a statistic i heard which was scary to think that happened in australia um and you've mentioned mental health you've mentioned the passing of your uncle i just want to ask how hard was lockdown for yourself um during the pandemic because melbourne really got it bad i mean you guys even had an earthquake during i mean you had another earthquake recently yeah. i don't i really don't know what's happening with you guys but um how, how tough was it to make it through for yourself? Um, I was working from home and my mum actually moved in with me. She moved down to the city from the country in 2020. So I think for me the first year wasn't too bad, but it's when you get to that sixth lockdown and you can't see anyone or speak to anyone and then eventually when my mum moved out and I was just by myself working from home all day and you're not talking to a single person, it's really, really hard um, and it was a struggle. But also at the same time, I feel like I learned a lot about myself and mm. I am very busy. So it was, it forced me to actually relax and deal with things and actually focus on my mental health because as much as mm. I advocate for it and, you know, want to help others and tell people to check in, I'm the first person that's not going to reach out if I'm struggling. So it's something that I have to constantly remind myself as well. What do you do to relax? I mean, aside from looking after all the fur and feather babies, it doesn't sound like you have much time to relax. But if you could relax or if I gave you a week off where you literally couldn't do anything, what would you do? Just lay on the beach with a margarita and a book. That sounds that sounds pretty good, I have to yeah. say. What, what book are we reading? Um, I've got this book called The Pilgrimage or the pilgrim i think it is it's, it's good it's getting there i'm still not quite sure what it's about but <laughs> i found it in an op shop and it looked interesting so i got it sounds like you need to spend more time with it and the yes, beach and, and your mar and your margarita i am partial I to a good margarita <laughs> um okay so just before we go to the final 10 nikki is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to for supporting you Oh, I don't know. I was in such a rush. I didn't even tell people to watch. It's really bad, isn't it? That's okay. They can go back <laughs> and watch now. Um, I guess just everyone that I've met in pageantry in general, um, <clears throat> has, they've just been such a big support to my life since I've met them. Um, I actually messaged Taylor today, this morning. I was like, I'm so excited to see you in five weeks. Like I just thought of it and got really excited. So I wanted to tell you. So I'm going to tell her to watch because I've given her a shout out. Absolutely. Send her the link and tell her to watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's get to these final 10 questions. Number one, what is your favorite word? Um, 
I like the word ethereal. Which, ethereal? Yeah. Kind of like looking like an angel. Yeah, I just like the word. I just think it sounds pretty. I have no it's better reason than that. It's just, it's just pretty. No, no, no. It's a, it's a pretty word. And I always like it when someone gives me an answer to these questions that I haven't heard before, because after doing it over 300 times, <laughs> you start looking for something that someone hasn't told you before. Ethereal. I like that word. All right. So number two, what is your least favorite word? Oh, um, can I say my name? Can I say Nicole? I hate it when people call me Nicole or say Nicole. It freaks me out. I think I'm in trouble or they hate me. Does that count? <laughs> She's sounding, this is like a similar, reminds me of the conversation I had with Brooke Rank and she, she said she hates her name, but when you put it at the end of a sentence, because it made her feel like she was in trouble. So yeah. is, that, is that what you're saying? Is that when you're, when someone likes the way a parent would say Nicole and then you're like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. Is yeah. That, okay. So you're <laughs> traumatized by your own name, which is a bit unfortunate, <laughs> but, that, but that's okay. That's an unusual un, unusual one. All right. So um, number three in life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Mm, a new passion project or starting something new that I've been wanting to do for a long time. What about what turns you off? Um, negative people, people that just say that I can't do it or they just give me all the reasons I can't do it. What sound or noise do you love? Um, well, that's hard. I don't know. Um, right now I'm just thinking about having a cup of tea, so maybe the kettle. <laughs> the kettle boiling. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, number six, what sound or noise do you hate? When my birds scream, they scream very loudly. Yeah, birds are, especially Australian birds, seem to be a lot louder than um, birds from other countries. I don't know why. <laughs> number seven, if you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Um, invisibility. I'm very introverted. So sometimes I just need to like take some space for myself and step back. So it'd be nice to just, you know, disappear for a bit, but still be there, you know, so I'm still involved. So I don't get FOMO, but I can relax. <laughs> what job other than your own would you most like to attempt? I want to be an art therapist. So I'm studying it next year just to add to my list of everything that I'm doing. Um, but that's my dream job. You're going to have an unusual collection of uh, qualifications here. You've got the environmental <laughs> geography, you've got the creative writing, now the art therapy. I, I wouldn't know out of all those three, like what you'd want to be, but I guess we, we're finding ourselves as we go. Aren't yeah, we, journey. I'll find a way to combine it all. <laughs> what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Oh, um, I definitely shouldn't say this online, but... I actually really don't like the corporate world. I work in corporate, but I'm, I'm, I hate it. Hopefully no one I work with watches this. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't get a message from you in 24 hours saying that you were fired because someone, someone watches interview. Like, well, if you don't like working in this job, you don't have to have it anymore. If, 
when you say the corporate, because mm -hmm. look, I'm similar to yourself, but that's why I've always I've worked for myself for however long, like almost since I from my from the very first. I've only had one full time job for someone else. It went so well that I ended up never wanting to do it again. So is it the structure? Is it the certain hours? Or is it the fact that you feel like reined in? You can't have any creativity because you always have to do what you're told? Like when you say corporate, I'm just curious, which aspect? Um, I think it's a it's a mix of like the corporate politics. I feel like mm. a lot of places I've worked yeah. at, there's just a lot of, you know, people get hired for positions because of who they know and not because mm. they're going to be a good manager. Um yeah. And, yeah, the creativity. I hate not having freedom to just do it how I want to do it or at least being given the chance to do it how I want to do it. So did you, you must have enjoyed then setting up Mira Denim because I think mm. setting up a business is very creative. People, A lot of people who don't haven't started a business don't realise it, but the branding, the, the logo, mm. the coming up with the designs, I felt that was very creative. So did you find the same? Yeah, I loved that. And developing the website as well, yeah. email templates, all of that. Loved it. Nice. All right. Well, there we know what you need to do then is strike out into business for yourself. Um, yes. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You made the world better. That sounds like a good thing to hear him say. Um, I will just post this up here. Ralph, Ralph is over in the United States. He's watching. He said, good luck, Nikki. And um, hope to meet you at Miss Galaxy and all. I would love to be over in Orlando, um, Ralph. Let me know if you're going to be over there and taking some photos. Well, Nikki, that's about it. Uh, thank you so much for cramming us in to your very, very busy day. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And best of luck in five weeks. Um, I hope that uh, all your friends watch this and that your work doesn't watch this because yes. otherwise you may be looking for a job very, very soon. But um, I'll keep you on the line for just a sec whilst I hang out with the audience. Thanks everyone for watching and we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident and impactful queen possible, head to the pageant sorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.